This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Today, I asked my body what she needed, which is a big deal considering my journey of not really asking that much. I thought she might need more water, or proteins, or greens, or yoga, or supplements, or movement. But as I stood in the shower, reflecting on her stretch marks, her roundness where I would like flatness, her softness where I would prefer firmness, all those conditioned wishes that form a bundle of never-quite-rightness. She whispered very gently, Could you just love me like this? Holly Holden The instrument to attain enlightenment is embracing everything your human experience offers. Be truly present in your body. Pay attention to what is going on right here and right now. Accept what is going on. Make conscious choices about how to respond. In that state of clarity, go about your day. Derive joy from small, mundane things like cooking dinner, going for a walk, or having a shower. As a result, everything around you will start to reveal its inherent magic. Enlightenment is not found by trying to escape this mortal coil but by wholeheartedly saying yes to everything it has to offer. How we as a society treat our bodies is a direct reflection of how we treat Mother Earth. Many of us see our bodies as a tool to make us feel pleasure and our Earth as a resource to provide us with whatever we want. We take without thought for the consequence to ourselves or other beings. If you treat your body as an intelligent entity with its own needs and wants, with its own desire for joy, care, and love, as an equal partner in this adventure called Human Being Lifetime, you will start seeing Earth and all her creatures in the same way. Imagine living a life basking in the inherent beauty of your body and of Mother Earth. Iris. Valeria interviews Iris Angelus. She is the author of Your Body is the Portal to Your Soul. Your Body has the Answers. Make it your best friend for life. Iris Angelus is an author, artist, mentor, healer, workshop facilitator, chiropractor, and applied kinesiologist. Her writing is based on a combination of her own lived experience and insights she has gained from seeing over 25,000 patients after nearly 30 years of practice. Iris has a deep passion to empower people to thrive in their lives and bodies so they can offer the world the gift of their unique soul frequency. Within the pages of her first book, Passion to Thrive, Balboa Press, Iris introduces different archetypes that guide us through difficult situations and circumstances back to our own magnificent selves and to the divine feminine. The second book, Your Body is the Portal to Your Soul, The Kind Press, Iris provides the simple steps to allow you to develop a loving, respectful, and reverent relationship with your body. You will understand the different sensations your body uses to communicate with you and how to live in alignment with your body's guidance in order for you to live your life to its fullest potential. Full and Conscious Embodiment Being truly present in our lives by being fully present in our bodies leads to enlightenment. Iris lives with her husband and beautiful dog Jasper on the north coast of New South Wales, Australia. Meet Iris at irisangelis.com. Here's the interview with Iris Angelis. (laughs) 
in your own words, who is Iris Angelis? I knew this you were going to ask me this question. It's the only question I know you were going to ask me. And um, I remember the question, the answer I gave you last time, and it's evolved a bit since because I woke up one morning with this sentence in my mind, you are a miraculous being of divine breath and stardust. So that's my answer this time. That's beautiful. And I know how, I have to say, spiritual you are. <laughs> so that doesn't surprise me. This beautiful answer to that question. Do you remember the first the first time I asked you this question, what you answered? Because you just said you do, but I don't remember that. I said I was a spiritual being uh, in a mm. human body experience here to help raise the frequency of mm. the planet and humanity. Right, right. Ah, so it changed a bit, but it's the same realm, right? The same space. It's coming from the same place. Yeah, it's definitely a move away from I have to be doing stuff. I have to mm. pursue stuff to the only thing is actually for me just to be me mm. and express my frequency. So mm. I don't have to be out there striving and doing and pushing um, mm. with this new sense of who I am. Ah. So that's a big difference. Wow, that's a big, huge difference. How did you come to this evolution, to this understanding, the latest one? Yeah. Um, well, through writing my last or this new book, Your Body is the Portal to Your Soul. And if you're going to ask me, how do I write a book? I get these ideas drop in, usually when I'm doing something completely different, like driving the car. And, you know, it's like a download. And then I have this thought that I can mull over and get some understanding. And then I endeavor to embody it. And then I think I'll over it some more. And then I, you know, with this increasing in understanding, I then adapt my way of being in the world to be more in alignment with it. Wow. I hope that answers your question. Yes, it very much mm -hmm. does. Wow. How did all this begin? Like your interest in the depth of your own being. Is that something that was always there since you're, you're a child or? I think the depth of interest and yearning for a sense of who I truly am at the core is in exact proportion to the discomfort I felt about myself I was, as I was growing up right. <laughs> because I felt like a fish out of water and super conspicuous, like I'm tall, blonde and blue-eyed and I grew up as a teenager in the south of Spain. Yeah. I'm Danish and right. Spain, Spain has a very different culture from what I grew up with as a little girl. Right. And I just felt like I didn't fit in so many different ways. One of the nice things about having a few more laps around the sun and mm -hmm. having been tried and tested in, in various situations is that I have moved into a space of knowing that I can trust myself and knowing that I am indeed good enough and that what I offer is valuable and that it isn't actually me who's mad, it is the rest of the world. <laughs> ah, wow. That's profound, though, to come to this realization, yes. Mm. Because we are constantly being influenced, right, impacted by the outside world, and it's easy to, to think, to believe, to feel that there's something wrong with us instead. It's, it's so easy to get caught up in that. And like the part that struck me when I was young was that there would be this... People would be saying one thing, oh, I want peace, for example. Yeah, yeah. And then they would act mm. to create <laughs> conflict. Yes. And yes. Yeah. it just didn't match, you know, the words and the actions didn't mm. seem to fit together in right. vast majority of the adult world. And that was the part that had me so confused. And I thought there must be something I'm not understanding. Right. But no, I was extending. I was seeing it correctly. It was it was that there is incongruency there. Yeah. So there's a lot of, I would say, confusion, the lack of clarity. Where do you think this comes from, Iris? What's the main cause of this confusion for people to be, to not be centered in a sense of knowing themselves, not, not coming from their own hearts? Why there's so much confusion? I've also grown a lot more cynical with age. And I think it serves the people who govern us. If you've got a people who are in fear or unaware of their own power or their own worth or, 
you know, who are caught up in the strive, 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 don't ever stop and breathe and actually mm. enjoy the present moment. Mm. It's a lot easier to make them do what you want them to do. That, you know, if you've got somebody who's reasonably sane and knows their own worth and their own power, you know, mm. they're not going to get caught up in that, you know. It's like being a, a an older woman and seeing the fashion come back and go, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm not buying that again. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so it's, it's about it's about funneling <laughs> us into being in a particular way in the world and also then not questioning, hang on a second, why are we being funneled this particular way? You know, why are we being distracted? Why are we being told that this is true when it's clearly not, you um, know? Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me. So fear. So with that, what, the question that comes to mind is, so you're basically saying that, Force is the guide, uh, let's say, the masses, most people to behave, to believe the things they believe in. They actually know what they are doing because I would think that they are also into the living in this space of ignorance and fear to be doing this. But it seems like they do know something beyond that. You mean people? Yeah, those who, are, yeah. let's say, manipulate masses or try mm. to guide us in, in the direction. Oh, I mean, basically what I'm understanding from you is that the fear base, right? The fear culture. And we see this happening right now with the wars and all. Mm. And then mm. when I saw that, because I don't understand, I don't understand anything about war, honestly, mm. nothing. I can't even, I cannot make sense of it. But I, I noticed that how they do it, then they start bombing places. They want people to do something, behave in a certain way. And then when they don't, they start causing this extreme fear through the means of violence. So yeah. that means then they know something, then they know how most people behave. If mm. they are afraid, then they will, as you said, it's easy, easily controlled. Mm. So, but they must know also something beyond that. I know they are coming from ignorance too, but I have heard that they actually know that people have that power within and they could access that at any time. Yeah, I think there's two layers to that. I think some of the instigators know exactly what they're doing. And then there's another level of people who possibly are acting in good faith, um, but who take their orders from from the level above. True. um, With whatever reasoning that they're giving. And yes, I, I agree, you know, like... When people are in ignorance or are being kept off kilter, it's a lot harder for them to reconnect to their own hearts and their own guidance. Right. Um, like I watch war and it's brother and sister fighting each other. Like why? You know, earlier in the year I was lucky enough to travel and it's a long way to anywhere from Australia and we were traveling to Europe to spend time with my mother. And everybody that's we talked to along the way were just lovely human beings who wanted to live a good life and they wanted their neighbors to live a good life and they wanted to look after the families and wanted to be happy and at peace. Mm, And I would say that's 99% of the human population, you know, like really, we just, we just want to live a good life. Yes. And it's it's a very small minority that is interested in war for whatever reason. And I think there's mm. there are many of those. And isn't it time that we stopped listening to our hearts and think, well, why would I want to drop bombs on somebody I've never met? You know? Yeah. What's my what's my what's my problem with these people who are living far away in a different part of the world, doing life their their way? Why do these people have the power to send our young men into war and you know, they come back either damaged or they don't come back at all. And all the grief that that then gives to those families, it doesn't doesn't make any sense when you stop and think about it. Yes. You know, yes. we're all human. Right. We all want the same things. Humans thrive when they're being altruistic and cooperating. Yes. And that's the antidote to what's currently going on. Mm. Yes. And one of the things we know about this misperception, misunderstanding of reality in a sense of actually going against what's natural, which is to mm. look for balance and peace and harmony. I mean, I, I would say I talk to a lot of therapists. So we talk a lot about, a lot about trauma. So mm. that might be something that's coming from that place. Those people who are looking for chaos, 
they are feeling chaotic within the inside. That's the lens through which they see the world, perceive themselves and the world. And that might be due to childhood abuse, lack of love. I really think that way. I interviewed somebody, an activist. She's a therapist too and a social worker. And gosh, she went on and on talking about politicians here in the United States that Mm -hmm. was making her sick. That's how... And then she was talking to me about, uh, the interview was about what happened to them, you know, why they behave the way they do. And then was, she went back to childhood in developmental phase that they didn't have what they need to become these wholesome and loving human being. So that makes a lot of sense to me. That's, That's where courage comes in, right? Like as a human being, you know when you're in alignment with your heart and your soul and you know yes. when you're not. Yes. And yes. yes, I agree, trauma plays a big part and it's almost like it splits mm. us off from feeling our hearts, from feeling our souls and puts us in this place of being out of balance, off kilter, in disharmony within ourselves, in chaos, like you said. But then you have a choice as a human being. You have the choice to go, I feel this chaos and what happens at that point is that the personality or the ego tries to protect us and tries to take control of our lives and of our bodies. And the only way it knows to do that is by following the program it's been given, right? So Mm. then if there's chaos on the inside, you'll try to create chaos on the outside because it might give you a sense of control. But there's also the choice of going, okay, I know I've been put into chaos. I know there are parts of me that are really hurt. And I know that I've been taught in my culture that feeling emotions is a bad thing, but I'm going to be courageous and make that choice because if I don't, I am going to be perpetuating this very thing that is making me feel terrible. Mm -hmm. So we need to develop the courage to stay with our hearts, to feel what's going on for us. Mm -hmm. Because if you allow it, like we talked about before, If you allow it, if you can get into a place of acceptance that goes, there's a part of me that feels really hurt. There's a part of me that feels out of control and it wants to be cruel to feel a sense of power. Mm. You know, if we can actually accept that as a human being, every human being has access to that. But also as an individual, I personally have access to that and I'm going to accept that. Then I have a choice about whether I act from that impulse or whether I just acknowledge and go, okay, right now you feel like saying a cutting remark or being cruel in some way, but I'm going to choose not to do that because that's not helpful. That's not the set of consequences I want to choose for myself and for this relationship. It's not the frequency I want to put out in the world. So like that's one of the things I talk about in my book. It's like every single human experience, choice, emotion is available to every single human being. And it's confronting to think that I personally have the ability to act in the way Hitler did, right? Yeah, yes. But if I don't accept that and I've put that part away, hidden away somewhere, then that little Hitler is going to come out in me Mm. generally when it's least appropriate, right? Uh, So if I can accept that, mm. then I have choice, then I have clarity, then Mm. I have, okay, that was a potential reaction that is not particularly helpful, good or sustainable. I'm going to choose to not say that and I'm going to choose something else, whatever that might be. Right. Yes. Wow. Uh, They all sounds like a the byproduct of healing, of the first step, right? To heal mm. oneself, making that decision first. I wanted to be Absolutely. healed. Yeah. Observing it and then making a decision to not keep doing what you've always done. Right. I think like actually taking that step back and observing I'm doing this rather than being the emotion or being the thoughts or being the behavior. Yes. Actually take a step back and go, well, that's how I'm thinking, feeling or acting right now, but that's not who I am. That's, mm. that's programs taking off. Who am I really? Take a moment to feel our own hearts and go, Mm. I am actually a completely different frequency than those things over there. Mm. Wow. Mm. What a powerful process, right? Observation, just if we can be open to it. And I see now that more people than ever are open to the possibility that we can choose, we can have what you call courage to heal, to live a peaceful life, to choose love, peace, harmony, joy. 
it is it is a choice. I used to believe that we didn't have a choice, but that's because it was coming from the understanding that there's just one life, one reality, not mm. two. That's non-duality. But mm-hmm. then, of course, there are minds are different. They all the thinking minds very. We all we all different when it comes to that. So not to be confused, I guess, with the consciousness by Iris. I, I'm jumping mm. you to another type of conversation, but I'm <laughs> trying to make a distinction between consciousness, pure consciousness and mind, that they are two different yes. things. The mind is a tool, right? Its job is to interpret what we see on the outside world in a way that we can make sense out of it and move in it. But it's not who we are. We have a mind. We are <laughs> not the mind. Yeah, We're not our thoughts. Yeah. Yes, we have a mind. Ah, gosh, that you see, that's very profound. If we can understand that, that the mind mm. is just a tool, right? The nature of the mind is to navigate this reality, physical reality to protect and all that. But not, I mean, just the intellect, but it's not really, yeah, it's not essentially what we are, not even who, but what. You mentioned your book earlier. This is your second book. Your body is the porter to your soul. Your body has the answers. Make it your best friend for life. So this is the second one. The first one that we talked about was that you have written its title, Passions to Thrive, New Ways for Women to Be in the World Rediscovered. Yeah, that one's been relaunched. It's now called um, Passion to Thrive, Reclaim Your Life's Potential Purpose, Passion and Power. Just as an update. Sorry, I didn't tell you about that. Oh, yes, I did know. (laughs) But that sounds good, too. So what's the main difference between these two books? Do do you have an underlying theme that's the same for both or they are essentially different? I think they're very different in how I go about it. So the first book is mainly aimed aimed at women and it's an invitation to play with life. It's an invitation to try different ways of being in the world because most of us have been taught you've got to be like this. And like we said before, we all have the options of being everything. So what you have been taught might not necessarily be the the way of being in the world that supports you most or that's in most alignment with your own soul and your own heart. So it's an invitation to just try different ways of being in the world and just play. And if it works for you, brilliant you know, incorporate it, make it one of your options. Uh, if it doesn't work, well, move on and try something else. Yeah, it's like being being a kid. I don't know if you did this as a kid, but I had this great big box with all these different outfits. So one day I could be a princess and one day I could be a farmer or whatever, you know. So you just try on those different energies and really life is no different. I think the less seriously we can take life, the better we're going to become at living it, really. Um so so that's that's to support women to start breaking out of those boxes they've been put into and, you know, expand into all of their potential. So that's what that first book has in common with the second book, which is also about expanding and incorporating and expressing your potential in a way that's in alignment with your soul. But the insights that have happened and that I've collected in the second book is that I don't know about you, but I grew up and it was almost like the body is undesirable and dirty and really, you know, like it's, it was my job to live, sort of live from the chin up, you know, in my mind, in my senses, like my seeing, my hearing, my tasting. Um, but anything that was on the body was kind of dirty and, you know, not, not, yeah, some best ignored. Um, I would not now call that spiritual bypassing, right? Like, Our bodies are this incredible gift that nature has given us um, so that we can experience life on planet Earth. There's nothing dirty about it, right? It's It's just this miraculous, again, tool. It's not a tool, but it is this miraculous tool so that our souls can experience life on Earth. And our bodies know how to navigate life on earth, right? They know exactly what they need to thrive. They know what foods they need. They know what kind of rest they need, what kind of exercise, um, how much water to drink, who who is good to be around, who is not good to be around. Um, you know, all those things that we over-intellectualize and overthink about, all those things our bodies know and they try to tell us, Right. Um, And then we go, oh, well, that's not what I've been taught and I'm going to do this, despite the fact that my body says that's not a good idea and then you end up in trouble. 
So the other thing is that the the more we resist the parts of us that we're not accepting, the denser that energy gets and that ends up stored in our bodies. So when there's a part of us that we judge and we go, oh, I don't do whatever it is, gossip, let's say. I don't do gossip. And then you find yourself gossiping and then you judge yourself. You put that away somewhere and go, oh, no, that was actually exchange of information. That wasn't gossiping, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Um, no. <laughs> yes. But that, that, that <laughs> gossiping energy yeah. is still in there, you know. And mm. if, yes. if we keep stuffing yes. it in there, then, you know, our bodies will try harder and harder and harder to get draw attention to the fact that there's this part of us that we're disowning or this energy that's congealing inside of our bodies and creating blocks in the free flow of energy. So the more we can be in our bodies and be present with our bodies and really like feel the juiciness of life through our bodies, the lighter literally our bodies become, lighter in the sense of all those stuck energies can be just seen, acknowledged, processed, and then they move on. And our bodies also are entities that emit light, they emit photons. So the lighter you are, the more light you literally shine from your being and the more pleasant the body feels as a place to live, you know, because it doesn't have all these stuck things in there that we are, don't really want to be dealing with. Um, so so this one, this second book is for everyone and the feedback I've had from people who've read it is that it's it's really super clear, like the concepts are quite deep, but the actual language uh, and the accessibility is really clear. Um, so I think it's a good book. <laughs> yes, me too. It is. It is a wonderful book, though. It's a wonderful invitation to live in harmony. You see, I use that word a lot because that has to do with balance and peace, acceptance, peace, inner peace. Well, we don't have to say inner even because it's almost like it's everywhere. It should be everywhere anyway, reflected in every way. I love the way you talk about um, the body as a tool, the mind as a tool. It is very profound when we think that way, because then for most people, that sounds very abstract. If I say that to my husband and my family, they will just say, roll their eyes. You know, your body or mind is just a tool. And then they, they will ask, you know, who am I then? Because they believe that they are the body and the mind. So I guess I have so many questions here in in content from your book, but I have to ask you this question. So if the the body and the mind, they are just tools, tools for consciousness, do you call it the soul, the spirit? What's the, what is the, and how tangible is that? Can we really, really understand, realize and, and embody in a way, this essence of what yes. we are? Iris? Yes, we can. It's a, it's a really interesting thing. It's like you strip away all your possessions, you strip away the roles that you play, you strip away your emotions. So emotions are just a tool as well. Emotions are a way of life to give feedback to us about how how things are going for us, basically. You know, like if you get angry, it's because somebody has overstepped the boundary. So if you've been taught never to be angry, then that means you can't reinforce that boundary in a safe and adequate way. And then it comes out in other places, you know, anyway, I digress. We're not our minds, but we are the essence. I like that word essence. Thank you for that word. We are the essence that's experiencing and interpreting life through all of those tools. And there's this word ineffable, which means you, you can't really describe it with words. So you can't describe it with words, but what it does feel like is all the all the beautiful light things in life. It feels like peace. It feels like stillness. It feels like joy. It feels like connection. Mm. It feels like belonging and acceptance mm. and abundance and mm. all mm. those wonderful things that's happiness, you know, all those wonderful things that mm. every heart really wants to beat with. There are aspects or facets of that diamond of the essence that we are. Yes, a billion times to that. I, I see you resonated immediately when you said connection, abundance, belonging. Because then if the essence is being, which a lot of times I use the word pure consciousness, mm. but that's because coming from Vedanta, uh, I'm a student of, of Advaita Vedanta, but using the word that we are already using, essence. So if it, it is being expressed through the body, mind, and, and 
I would think is also in everything, mm. right, Iris? Everything that we look at it, everything has that essence. Yes. It, it might not reflect, have the same reflection, of course, or the, the same expression as the human mind and body, but it's, it's still there. So in a way, we can say that, you see, like Vedanta teaches, there's just one essence. Yes. So the essence is one, cannot be two. It's always yes. one. Yes. Wow. So that means that everything is interconnected. There's no separation yeah. really well, if, between. If you think about it, ah. you know, Einstein's equation of E equals MC square basically tells us that matter is really slow light and light is really, really fast matter, basically. And if you speed up light even more, then you get consciousness in my view of the world. So everything that's matter is also light and consciousness. It's just kind of congealing or slowing down in a different way. So to me, everything is alive. Everything is source essence, let's call it that. You know, like I can connect with a tree and feel its aliveness. I can connect with a rock and feel its aliveness. You know, like I can feel like, wow, this is a bone of the earth. And, you know, like I can feel the stillness and the patience and the endurance of this rock and then the sparkling joy when the sun shines and, and the water sparkles. You know, like I don't know if you're familiar with Masaru Moto and Veda Austin. They show that water has consciousness of its own, you know, and water is everywhere as well. So it's it's the world is really like this incredible theater where we show up and we think we're separate from everything else. But really, it, it is just the one essence experiencing itself from many different points of view in many different ways. It's, it's this incredible play of, of just growth and expansion. And the more we can step into embodying that essence and being at peace within ourselves, being aligned with our heart and our soul, the easier it gets to be in that presence and feel all that connection. Yes. Wow. <laughs> It sounds like a song to me. <laughs> Listening to you is like a guided meditation, a wonderful one. And uh, yes, of course. Uh, again, I'm, I have, I'm very devotional. That's what it is too. So I see beauty in that, you know, in that understanding. Like, wow, how we are able to understand that and actually put words to it. That, you know, it's coming into the harmony again. That, that sounds like a song to me. Like when I hear you and some of my guests, talk about these things like, oh my God, this is it. It's something that actually we are able to intellectualize. We are able to, because earlier, I think you mentioned that it's not easy to describe that essence. And that's true because it's, in, it, it's not a thing, right? It's not an object. So it cannot be described, but it can be understood. It's, it's a felt understanding. It's very much felt, that yes. he, As you yeah. said, yeah, you said, you said beautifully earlier about the body. The body knows and it knows the mm. truth that Everything is interconnected, that there's one essence and it, it's already connected to everything else that's here. So the question is, why haven't we done this? Why, why is it taking so long for humans to, to come to this realization, to actually live from that space? Yeah, it's taking too long, it, it seems to me. <laughs> um, well, I think... I think uh, there have always been individuals who have had access to that. If you look at the, the sages and the, all the messiahs through the ages, like if you look at everybody uh, whom a religion was founded upon, you know, every, they were all saying these exactly the same things. Um, but I think we have until now lived in an age where it's almost like the forgetfulness was so deep that we got disconnected from our own essence or the hardships were so intense that it was all about just surviving and thinking was a luxury left for the people who had leisure, therefore wealth, you know, who didn't need to make sure that it would make it to the end of the day. I think that this world, you know, it's, it's an illusion, but it's an incredible, incredible illusion. It feels incredibly real. Look, I have this sense of you know, before my divine breath decided to hop into this body, I was where I was at the time and thinking, oh, wow, that looks really yummy. It's going to be such an incredible experience. And mm -hmm. I'm going to have so much fun <laughs> rediscovering all these uh -huh. things when I have a physical body. 
And then you get down here and it's like, oh, <laughs> yes. um, I forgot, <laughs> exactly. I forgot how yes. intense it feels <laughs> and how much it hurts uh-huh. and how, yes. how confusing it all is and how uh-huh. convincing the illusion is, yeah. you know. So I guess that's the actual mm, challenge yes. of, of being a human in a physical body. Mm. It's, it's kind of having all these things and then going, uh-huh. yes, but even with all that going on, I still know the truth within me and I'm going to stick with listening to my heart until I get better and better at embodying all these things. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's why it's, it's taken such a long time and a lot of people have been very disempowered through history, you know, like how many people have been slaves along the way, how many people have been, you know, um, what do you call them, like linked to the land so they weren't allowed to go anywhere, you know, didn't have options, didn't have choice. So I think we live in a pivotal time right now where it's not just humanity that's gaining access to a sense of consciousness, but like Earth herself is moving through a different part of space. So there's more and more light coming in or more energy coming into the planet, meaning that the planet herself is vibrating faster because her body is absorbing all this energy and our bodies are vibrating faster and higher because we are also absorbing all this energy into our bodies the entire time. So this is why, you know, the dirt is now cracking and we can, or the ice is cracking and we can, we can feel much more intensely that, yes, this is who we are. This is my essence. This is what my soul or my heart speaking to me. So I think, I, I think that's why it's a unique time in, in history. And I just love seeing so many people feeling this in the same way and and going, hang on, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to it than meets the eye. You know, my inner eye is not in agreement with what my outer eye sees, as it were. And I'm going to pay attention to that and follow it. So you do feel as if more and more people are realizing this, are, are asking deeper questions and looking for yes. deeper understandings, right, of what we are. I, I have this feeling too until I, I just mm. walk on the street <laughs> or go outside, you know, with my husband driving and I see people getting angry easily at each other. Almost like and in, that, in that moment, you know, the, the, I lose that realization again. This is not even a hope, but this vision that we are mm. moving in a direction of harmony. And because when, yeah, when I see that anger, there's no need for it, and, but it's still there. Which I'm, I try not to push away, though, because that wouldn't help. Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing about there being more light is that the shadows look a lot darker, right? So everything that's been there the entire time is more visible now. And it needs to be more visible so that we can see it and accept it and integrate it so that we can become whole human beings again. So it's part of the process. Um, you know, like it's like when when you have a spiritual awakening to beginning to begin with, it's, Oh my God, it's amazing. Like unicorns and butterflies and magic everywhere. And it's like, yes, exactly. That's what happens when you first realize there's more to life than meets the eye. And then you get to have one healing crisis after the other, as you're finding all these parts of yourself that you've disowned and don't like and judge and have tried to keep hidden, you know, as they come up for healing and reintegration. And that's, I think that process is a lot faster now too than it once was. And then you, every time you do the work, you then get to feel that little bit more alive. You get to feel that little bit more expansive. You get to feel that little bit more authentic and it makes it so worth it, you know. Like I remember early on in the piece, you know, Mm -hmm. you would read a horoscope or something and it would say, oh, yeah, and you have a great healing portal coming. I was like, oh, wow, fantastic, exciting. And now it's like, oh, no. (laughs) Another (laughs) one. (laughs) Yeah. I thought I'd done that piece, but no, there's another layer. All right. But I also know that it'll be worth it on the other side. I, You know, Mm -hmm. when I'm in an uncomfortable experience, I know because I've done it so many times now that at some point I'm going to be grateful for this because as a result, I will access more of my own true essence. And that's always worth it. But, you know, like in the process of it, yes, there's outrage and anger to be felt. And people who aren't conscious about the process will then project it onto others or will emote it out instead of processing it internally, as it were. And that's what we then get to observe. And then the world looks like a much worse place than it actually is. 
That's so true. Wow. You just kind of bring this to my attention because one of the things that something in me tends to push away is anger. When I see anyone getting angry, it's automatically I want to get away from it or judge also that as not as as a bad thing. So in, in, in judge in the sense of uh, why uh, this expression instead of something else, you know, more peaceful. So mm. I'm trying to work with that. That's um, I'm wondering, I would love to hear from you that too. So what's the best way to deal with this? Um, it's, it's a projection, I know, but it's the expression of life. I know if I'm respond in this way, it's because it, it is in here. So something has been repressed. Mm. So I was not able to express anger. And I know that this has been the case as a child being abused. It was suppressing or repressing mm. anger. So now it's still here and I'm trying to transmute that energy. And it doesn't come out that way, but it, it comes out as, as mm. a, a judgmental thing, not liking and disliking anger. Yeah, well, anger is an interesting one because anger usually covers something else up. Yeah, like of all the so-called negative emotions, if you look like the scale of consciousness, anger is kind of the top one. So anger is more empowered than, say, despair or shame or humiliation or grief or sadness or any of those other emotions, right? So it's almost like anger is in a way, a protective mechanism. So we don't have to feel those other emotions that are underneath. So it's kind of an overreaction to claim, I have got worth, you know? So, so that's unhealthy anger. If you have healthy anger, so if anger comes from a place of empowerment, if it comes from a place of self-worth, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be destructive. It's just appropriate. You know, it's like, hey, no, that's not cool. Keep your, keep your bound, keep, you know, respect my boundary, you know, and that's all you need then. Because if you own your power, if you know your own worth, then people feel that and they just don't mess with you, you know. Um, whereas if you don't have that appropriate amount of, of anger to, to keep those boundaries in place, then that's when you're going to be walked all over or taken advantage of or any of those things. So it's a really tricky one because right. women have, you know, like culturally, I think especially in the United States, I'm sorry to anybody listening in the United States, but this is my observation, that women, especially in the USA, are just not allowed to be angry. And, you know, that's a human emotion and women have a lot to be angry about, which is probably why they're not allowed to feel that anger, you know. Like I grew up in, in Scandinavia, in Denmark, as a, as a little girl, and in in Denmark, it's completely acceptable for women to be angry or outraged, you know, especially when it's when it's necessary and justified. Like if you don't if you don't claim that energy, then you you don't have the oomph to actually go and change things in the outside mm. world. Interesting. So it's and and that's like any other emotion, you know, like every, each and every emotion is a feedback, you know. Like if you feel guilty about having said or done something, then. A, it will hopefully make you go and make amends. And if you can't make amends, it will make you think twice before you do it again. You know, like each of the each of the emotions that we feel are feedback to let us know how 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 much in or out of alignment we are with our soul ultimately. Wow. Really, that is amazing. So yeah, you mentioned yeah the body and then emotions, especially when it comes to the mind, right? The contents of the mind. That's so fascinating to hear. Yeah. So basically not pushing away anything, which is a, it's a practice for life, isn't it, Iris? It is. <laughs> and it's not something that's modeled very yes. well out there, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's just not. And like this, the thing with these, especially the unpleasant emotions, if we acknowledge them and if we allow them to be there, they will actually dissipate and they will leave a gift, which is an insight into, oh, I felt this way because, you know, and and there's a part of me that feels neglected or, or, or whatever it is, you know, like let me, let me feel that part. Let me invite that part in because like basically when we're little, if there's something going on in our world that we aren't equipped to deal with and the emotions are too big, 
it's almost like that part gets kind of parceled off and put away somewhere, right? Because we just can't deal with it right now. And then as we go through life, we end up in situations where similar things get triggered. And then we trigger not just that event, but like all the previous ones that are similar. (laughs) And they're all portals of going, okay, do you want to look at that now? And the answer is usually no. (laughs) Um, But if we are are brave and courageous and go, yes, I do want to know what it is that's sort of at the core of how I'm feeling right now, we will find a part of ourselves that has had almost like a parallel existence to us. And it has wisdom. It has insight. It has a place in the whole that we are because it can see the world from a particular viewpoint, you know. So it might be really good at telling you, hey, you're in danger right now, girlfriend. You know, don't go down that way, you know, or don't trust this person. Whereas the rest of us is separated from the part. We also have wisdom and insight and we can keep that part safe. It's really about safety, isn't it? But, you know, like if we can integrate those parts and the way to integrate those parts is actually by just allowing those emotions to be there And okay, so usually it takes about a minute, right? Sometimes it takes two days based on my own experience, but you get there eventually. And there are also many other ways that you can, techniques and therapies that you can use to get there quicker. But, you know, if all you do is sit with that emotion, in my experience, the most is two days, then you will access that part and you will integrate it and you will feel lighter in your life and in your body as a result because you're no longer split and carrying all these parts around. So uh, as, I, as I talk about this, it's like looking at little balloons hanging yeah, off us, right? Yeah. <laughs> it makes it difficult to walk in through a door if there's all these yeah. balloons hanging around. Mm. So if we can actually kind of, you know, take the air out of those balloons and go, oh, okay, I breathe this too, then it's much easier to to walk around and get through portal yeah, and portal. <laughs> so true. I hear so much wisdom from you. You've been doing this for a long time too, I know. Um, and already having the this inner wisdom within being not just embodied, but you have been passing this on to others, to working with other people. That's incredible. Um, It's it's so enriching to listen to you. Thank you so much, Valeria. (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. I did hear somebody say something interesting the other day. I read somewhere. Experience, I think it was said, experiencing, fully experiencing an emotion or feeling, it's to watch its funeral Mm, or something like that. Mm. So by fully experiencing, it's basically you you are taking that emotion, that feeling to its end. It dissipates, as you said. It dissipates. And next time it's going to be easier with that emotion because you've already dealt with the tail and all you're feeling is what's appropriate and triggered by the situation that you're in. Not to say that dies, right? It doesn't really disappear completely, but we have a better understanding of what that is, right? Mm -hmm. What it feels like. We can take the feedback in the moment, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How amazing. I want to mention that you have a self-assessment quiz on your website, irisangelis.com, which I'll have this here on the podcast um, notes. So talk to me about the self-assessment quiz and also the online course that you created to complement this book. Yeah, so the um, online quiz is basically, so the the book and the course are all about really deep diving into what, how can I live in and with my body in a way that literally our body is our best friend for life, right? Our bodies are the only being we're absolutely guaranteed to be with till the very end of our lives, Like everything else might go, but our bodies are going to be there until we die, right? So the question is, do you want to have a pleasant, fun experience with your body throughout life or are you setting yourself up for, you know, illness and just uncomfort and, you know, just not feeling good in your body basically? Um, so, So I think in my book I use this analogy that, like, I don't know if everybody knows a horse, but if you um, have a horse that you've bonded with, the horse will actually see you as their friend, right? It's a herd animal and they make actual friends. So if you're friends with your horse um, and you've, this is a bad analogy, but anyway, you've been to the pub and you're drunk, you can climb on your horse <laughs> and your horse will take you home even if you're sleeping on top of it, right? Because right. it's like, oh, I know where we're going. I'll get us there safely. No worries. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I don't recommend going to the pub and getting drunk. But... <laughs> right, yeah. No. <laughs> but, huh. you know, if if you're not <laughs> friends with the horse, the horse is going to be skittish. It's not going to trust you. 
it's going to, uh, you know, feel unsafe. So it's going to react excessively to things that you do on its back, etc. So really our bodies are a lot like that. You know, if you make friends with your body and you understand what it's trying to tell you and you treat it with, like, a lot of people hate their bodies, right? They focus on all the things that are wrong with their bodies. But can we just change that viewpoint and go, this is an amazing gift. It's this incredible, intelligent creature that is trying to have a conversation with me about what it needs to thrive. And if our bodies don't thrive, we can't thrive. It's fairly straightforward, right? So if if we can understand what the body is trying to tell us and we can give it the nurture of whatever that is at the time that it needs, it will feel good. And then we can feel good in our bodies and then we can do with our bodies what our souls want us to be doing while we're here. So both the book and the course, it's like a massive deep dive. Um, It's basically about taking us from at worst hating our bodies or not understanding our bodies or being puzzled by our bodies or feeling betrayed by our bodies or being angry at our bodies to actually gaining the understanding of what's my body trying to tell me, make it our best friend and feel reverence for this incredible being that our body is. Um, And the quiz is based on basically I'm, I'm a chiropractor as well and watching how people interact with their bodies, how they talk, to their bodies, uh, how they choose to care for their bodies, tells me how far they are along the process of actually fully understanding and 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 loving their body. So the quiz is some questions so that you can assess yourself whether or not you're actually your body and your soul are in alignment essentially, or if you're punishing your body, or if you are angry with your body, or if you are not understanding your body then that's going to create that separation between you and your body. So that's when you kind of live in your mind and your thoughts or in your vision or your hearing or your senses. Um, Like to me, it feels like, you know, I can't really feel my body from the, from the neck down. Um, So, you know, it's an, it's an invitation to go, Hey, how am I tracking with this? And is there an opportunity to do better? You know, simple listening to this podcast might go, I've got no idea what she's talking about. (laughs) So that's obviously going to be challenging, but it's also going to be quick. Like the stuff that I've written down is is the essence, is the distillation of everything I've done for the last 30 years for myself and also observed in others. Yes, I know it works. Um, So if you've got no idea what I'm talking about, do the course. And in six months at the latest, you're going to look at the world and you're going to move in the world in a completely different way. Most people who listen to you probably have already started on this journey. So it's a way of accelerating that growth. You know, I kind of feel like, well, you know, why do I have to reinvent the wheel? You know, if somebody else um, has already, you know, worked out how the wheel works, can I just, you know, ask them, hey, can you give me the blueprint so I can build my own wheel, you know? Yeah. And that's what the course and the book are about. Yes. How wonderful. I love your work, Iris. I mean, it is divine to me that I have to use that word because it is. And I bet you can recognize by looking at somebody when they are not in alignment, right? When they are not, let's say they are not being a best friend to their bodies. Can you recognize, can you actually recognize it by looking at somebody? It's actually a lot easier to mention what it looks like when somebody is in alignment with their body. Uh, (laughs) And that is somebody who um, exudes vitality and sparkle and they light up the room and you you can just feel the, the, the joy of life coming off them. So, you know, I guess at the other end is somebody who, you know, smokes, drinks, does drugs, eats junk food, doesn't exercise. Um, and sits down all day, probably playing a computer game or something like that. Like that's about as disconnected from your body as you can get, in my view of the world. Yes, right. Because yeah, it shows really that no understanding of what the body really needs. Yes, sitting around for too long is not good. Sometimes I'm always apologizing to the body. <laughs> I'm sitting for too long. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apologizing is good. And then you get up and go for a walk and your body feels better. You know, like it's not... It's not it's not hard. It's just changing a whole bunch of habits. Yes, right. That's exactly what I do. We're almost at the end. Oh my God, I will talk to you forever. It's just so easy to yeah. talk to you about these things. So I want to mention the book. It's beautifully structured too. I love the way you have sections like who you are as a question. Who who are you as a question? Mm-hmm. 
And then you just very clearly and beautifully talk about that. Just elaborate incredibly clearly what, what who we are. I mean, I, I'm, I'm almost tempting to say what, <laughs> but who. And then you say, ah, there's a section in the book within that that you say, here are some of the qualities of the being that you are. And then you go on saying love, joy, peace. And then I notice how you repeat the word love many times. And then on and on, and then love again, love, love. Ah, that was a beautiful reminder. I just kind of took a, a deep breath every time I saw that, the word love. And then you have also, you surprised me with all the poems. They're so beautiful too. So under oh, Who Are You? The poem is I Remember Time. That's beautiful. And then the other section is What Is Your Body? And then you elaborate on that. And then there's another, another beautiful poem. Gosh, I love that one too. The Purpose of Life. And then you talk about, I mean, there's so many things that you talk about, intuition, guiding systems, and then intention, fatigue. That caught my attention for some reason. Although I'm not, I don't feel tired often, but that, that section caught my attention. It might be because of my husband. He's um, not, not at these days, for some reason also he's feeling much better, but he used to say that all the time, that he was fatigued, that he was tired. So you talk about physical exhaustion, emotional, you make, it, you make a difference between them, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual fatigue, which is interesting to see that. Then uh, sources of spiritual energy, uh, that section caught my attention too. And then you said, trust that the universe knows what it is doing and it has it all in hand. Basically, the universe got your back. We heard that <laughs> yes. expression before. Yes. <laughs> so, gosh, it's like, it's just a beautiful work. I love the quotes there too. So many of them caught my attention. Um, everything's energy. That was another message. And then you, oh, that actually is a section in your book. And then you have the gratitude poem as well. Oh, you have the future I see poem. I mean, those are just, oh, I love the... the the inspiration where he came from, <laughs> because it's so deep and beautiful. And then the quotes, let me see if you highlighted one here that really, I, I just have almost tons of them here. But there was one that really caught my attention. was an intuition. Yeah, uh, not an intuition. There was, yeah, intuition. When you don't know, yeah, this made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. When you don't know how you know, but you know you know, you know, and you know, you knew <laughs> that is all you needed to know. Gosh, that was a Zen, right? Zen, Sunny, I think. Yeah, talk to me about, I mean, I, that was just fun yeah. to read it. And it still is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think it's a brilliant, well, I wouldn't have included it otherwise. But yeah, that one made me laugh out loud when I first came across it. It didn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it did, right? Made you laugh. And then you're like, wait a minute, it's true. This is very much true. Yeah. Um, and there's so many of them. The moment you change your perception is the moment you rewrite the chemistry in your body. Uh, that was by Bruce Linton. And then uh, you are a being of divine breath in stardust. I think this is from you, isn't That's it? That's fine, yes. Yeah, wow, beautiful. And you, you did talk about the breath earlier. And there is the unknown one. Okay, let me, I've just, I've, I was hoping to have highlighted some of them so I didn't have to go through all of them like this. I'll just try to find them. Yeah. Oh, this one caught my attention. Uh, somebody says, what's her name? Karen Blitzen. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last mm. name. But she said, the cure for anything is salt water, <laughs> sweat, tears, or the sea. There's something about that salt water. You mentioned water earlier too, mm. um, but there's something about salt water. Yeah, right. Now she's kind of connecting that to sweat, tears um, in the ocean itself, right? How everything comes. Yeah, you're about to say something. Uh, no, it's just, um, I, th I think that appealed to me because I'm definitely an ocean person. Ah, you know, me like too. The yeah. ocean uh, is yes. essential for my uh -huh. well-being. Um, yeah. but when you think about it, like the, the, um, the water contained in our body, like the, all the salts, um, mirror exactly the oceans that our bodies evolved from. So mm. we actually carry the ocean within us in a way. Ah, um, right. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. There's something about that. And even I was, I'm working on 
to, to host events, live events here where I live in Clearwater, which mm-hmm. has beautiful, clear and still waters. Mm-hmm. The ocean is so calm. And I remember the name that came to me was Healing and Spirituality for the events. Mm-hmm. And the logo had the ocean in it. Mm-hmm. It had to have the ocean. I had the yes. waves. <laughs> so there's something about it, right? I don't, yes. yeah, I, I can't uh, understand. I know you just kind of clearly kind of elaborated on that. But I, to me, it was just it's very intuitive, you know, to be mm. attracted to certain things. I think it was Vida Austin who I listened to an interview with her and she said that, um, what was it? It was so beautiful. Like th- th- that water is liquid light. So it's it's like the, the, the um, it's almost like the glove that consciousness uses to um, put its hand into, as it were. And when you think about water is everywhere, right? Like obviously there's a water we can see, but there's water in our bodies and there's water inside the earth and you know the consciousness can can go and experience all of that simultaneously i mean it's just a mind-blowing concept you know it's almost like everything is is energy everything is consciousness and water is the vehicle for the experience of that consciousness right wow i have heard that i interviewed somebody recently about hydrogen water and Mm -hmm. i interviewed a water scientist too who talked about water being a liquid Crystals. I know yes. you said crystal, yeah, liquid light, but you said crystals, um, mm. which is also made sense to me. But light, yes, right. There's something about light in the ocean. Iris, we're almost at the end. I would love for you to read one of your poems, if you don't mind. Any of them. They're just so beautiful. All of them are amazing. Sure. So all of these um, are available on my YouTube as well. Ah, yeah. And oh, I was no. looking through my book and the The poem I've chosen to read today is The Purpose of Life. The purpose of life is just to be gloriously, vibrantly, radiantly alive, experiencing everything, resisting nothing, feeling into the depths and the widths and the breadths of what it means to be human. The purpose of life is to embrace everything it means to be human while remembering that we are beings of divine breath and stardust. The purpose of life is to see beauty in all other beings, human, animal, plant, mineral, ethereal, the planet herself, even when it isn't pretty. The purpose of life is to remember our shared humanity, Ubuntu, and to be curious about our differences. The purpose of life is to see what connects us all heart to heart, past the surface appearance of what seems to separate us. The purpose of life is to experience intensely through our senses, the taste of mangoes, the colors of a sunset, the softness of skin, the resonance of beautiful music, and allow it to nurture our soul and our body in equal measure. The purpose of life is to celebrate the magic of simple things like cooking a delicious meal, laughter with friends, hugs with the ones we love. The purpose of life is to look deeply into another's eyes, to remind them of their own divine connection when they have lost their sense of who they really are. The purpose of life is to sing our unique song with wild abandon, to shine our beautiful, precious frequency into the universe. The purpose of life is to live in awe of the miracle of being alive, a spirit of pure love inhabiting a human body, breath bridging the physical with the unseen. The purpose of life is for source to see and celebrate itself through our eyes. The purpose of life is love. Yes, um, a billion, billion times to that. That's beautiful. What a beautiful poem. Yeah, I actually wrote it down here. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny that you chose that one to read. Yes, incredibly beautiful. I love the taste of mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> that made me giggle around here. <laughs> I love mangoes. So how amazing. I love everything about you, Iris. It's just so beautiful. Thank you for being this amazing expression of us. Oh, thank you, Valeria. Thank you. I um I feel you're very much a sister of the heart. 
And I'm so happy that we connected. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have so much devotion for all of this. Thank you. So before we say goodbye for today, I want to thank you again for your presence in this you know, shared reality and that beautiful vision for others to see what you see <laughs> and how you see it. And then also a technical question about how to find you. I know I have your website here. It will be on the podcast notes. And I didn't have, I don't have your YouTube channel. So I'll have that one there too, the, yeah. the link. And the Amazon book, it can be found on Amazon. Also, are there any other places I just can find your book? It can be found on all the online uh, retailers. Um, and... Uh, I, it can also be bought through my website, um, which is Australia-based. So if somebody wants a signed copy, um, I will have to connect with them so I can find out how much a postage it to their part of the world. Um, but if somebody decides to buy the book, they can go into my website and put the receipt number in and then they can get a wallpaper for their computer screen or for their phone to remind them that they're a miraculous being of divine breath and status as well. Um, yeah. So any, but any, um, any of the um, online book retailers have, have got it available. Yes. Yeah, so that's wonderful to know. Are you on other social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. So I've got um, an Iris Angelus profile and I've got a page that's called Passion to Thrive. And